You're listening to Earth Day 94, a Marvel podcast where, you know, sometimes we need to pause and reflect because there's a lot of heavy stuff that's been going on in phase four of the MCU. Not only has been critically acclaimed as being uh, maybe too long, maybe a little bit off the rails, and what the heck is the point of this phase? And, you know, a lot of it had to do with pandemic and yada, yada, yada. But one of the core essential themes that we've seen across many of the new shows and movies and even specials to a degree has been kind of the harder stuff that sometimes we're not comfortable talking about, which is grief, trauma, the sad stuff. But we got an expert panel on today to help kind of dig- like diagnose it a little bit, talk about it, break it down, and find a way to really move on and grow as we approach phase five. This is your first time listening to Earth Day 94. We are a Marvel podcast where every week we dive into the quantum realm, into the Marvel multiverse sometimes, and we dig out what's been going on in the MCU, give you reviews on the movies and shows. We talk about some really cool stuff. And now it's time for us to talk about one of the coolest things we've been looking forward to all year. My name is Devin Stone, and with me, before we get to our guest, is the guy that you probably have said his favorite catchphrase so many times that if we had it copyrighted and trademarked, you probably would have owed us at least, I don't know, like seven bucks this year. You know him, you love him. Let's hear it for Louis Tonnerini. We're getting Wolverine. I'm just here because I'm the saddest guy you know. Who knows more about grief than me? Jesus. (laughs) Well, as a counselor, you're definitely not the saddest guy, but okay. The saddest guy Devin knows. Yeah. Okay. There you we don't, go. <laughs> you don't want to play that game with him. He's seen no. some sadness. Yeah. <laughs> when he looks in the mirror. Oh. <laughs> Damn. That's my secret right. cap. I'm always sad. Hello, darkness, my old friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, uh, Louis. Aside from being the saddest guy, apparently, uh, hope you're doing good. Yeah, I'm all right. You know, living the dream. It's the only way to live it. Awesome, man. So we got two guests making their first appearance on Earth A94 for the first time. And we're really, really excited. If you didn't get that, I don't know, the first several times I've said it already. Very excited because they have one of the most unique podcasts out there that personally, I'm a big fan of. And we're going to let them talk about it in just a second here. But we definitely want you to check their show out after listening to this episode. Because if you like what you're hearing on today's discussion, you are in for a treat because they have so many episodes that do exactly this. Real talk. You know what I mean? That was a pun. Rails talk. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we have Spencer and Nas from the Different Spectrums podcast. How's it going, guys? Going great. Going Good. great. I know he uh, now's about to say a really stupid answer, but no, I'm just going to say it's really good. Uh, right. Today we launched a really good podcast that my father sent me a message and said, you know, you should probably look at the YouTube and what's this sound. And I went and looked and a bunch of people looked and he put a comment and it turns out I laughed so hard that I farted and the microphone hmm. caught it. That's impressive. So today has been a fun day. <laughs> that is impressive. It has a really nice microphone. Some would say too nice. Too nice. You know, that's a that's an ad for product placement right there. If you want to have something so crystal and clear and really feel engaged and like you're actually immersed in the audio experience. Oh my god. Sometimes gosh. you want to be blown away by something, you know, that's caught on mic, right? If you want a microphone now, catch your ass noise. <laughs> Come your ass, get this microphone. 
Yeah, it's good. Oh man, so, that's great. today's a good day. <laughs> well, glad to hear it. Glad to have you guys here. Thank you. Thank you. We're glad to be here. Awesome. So before we kind of dive into uh, one of our little intro segments here and then go into the meat and potatoes of the conversation, can you guys give a little bit of a synopsis of what you guys do with your podcast? Uh, okay. Uh, so me and Spence started the show. Uh, <laughs> it, it's called Different Spectrums uh, because we are a neurodivergent podcast and we... If folks don't know what that means, that means that we're on the autism spectrum. And so some folks are like, oh, no, you're not on the spectrum because you're not like this or like that. or You're so high functioning. So there's a lot of misconceptions and stereotypes about what autism is. And so we decided to start the podcast to speak to people through film, through video, because me as a therapist, as a licensed therapist in the state of Minnesota and Indiana, um, I have a lot of clients that will relate to videos and film. And that's how they figure out their emotions, how to people, social skills, intimacy. And so we take those reels, we take those moments in time, and then I post them on Instagram and we do a podcast on it to talk about these topics. That was the whole goal. That is the gist. Other people tend to enjoy our content that aren't neurodivergent, um, but that's who and what it's for directed. Right? It's all directed for that population. Uh, and I mean, some people just enjoy it because no one talks about emotions and superheroes and characters. And so that's what we do. Um, does that kind of wrap it up? Uh, Spence, do you want to say our, our our catchphrase in the intro? I'm not. But uh, <laughs> I think... <laughs> I think more... <laughs> I think more of the fact is that our show is just us being our authentic selves. And yep. um, I think that's a really nice thing to have because you know we may banter back and forth a lot but um it's it's fun to see and then also it's just it's the it, it's as real as we can get um we always act ourselves on the show um so yep. yeah that's a big, i think that's a big draw being yourself yes so being yourself some would say it's a different spectrum different spectrums for different spectrums <laughs> Oh, you hit me with, you hit me with a symbol, you See, bastard. He even has a soundboard. Awesome. Well, it was supposed to be for his actually, but then, you know, you, you beat me to the punchline. This All is perfect. Just merged together. <laughs> well, awesome guys. Thank you. So definitely uh, go check out the show notes where we'll have some links to their socials and their podcast feed and everything. So you should go check them out. All righty. So it's pretty cold here. You know, Louie and I are based out of the Midwest in good old Chicago. Um, no one says it like that. Let's be honest. Chicago. But it's, it was snowing today at the time of recording everything. So we need to warm up a little bit. So this is one of our uh, favorite segments where we like to just kind of, you know, break the ice a little bit off that windshield, the car, you know, defrost a little bit. Uh, sometimes you find a secret soldier serum injected superpower <sighs> being like Steve Rogers when you, you know, Get rid of that ice. And then, bam, vendors. Um, anyways, this is our long-winded like way of saying... Heroin, but okay. <laughs> wow. Oh <my> God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. This is our long way of saying it's time for... Oh, that's right. Vocal credit to our uh, wonderful co-host here, Louie, who has uh, pipes of a, you know, sweet, sweet God who can sing MCU for you with great 
glorious purpose. So, uh, Louis, I want to turn things over to you like I always do. What's been MCU for you? So the last couple of days, I've been called into my other job. And basically, I've just been babysitting the front desk while they have like recitals and stuff for Christmas. And so in doing that, I was really bored. So I brought my laptop to work and I started a list of characters from phase four to get ready for the multiverse of March Madness tournament coming up here in March. There we go. So I think I'm going to do a bigger tournament than last year. I don't know yet because there's so many characters. I just did the Eternals today and there's, there's 10 Eternals. What a shitty movie to have yep. 10 main characters. <laughs> <laughs> Nas loves the Eternals. Oh no! No! <laughs> okay. In all fairness, though, <laughs> Louis' version of shitty is still like what, maybe a six out of ten. Okay. Oh, oh that's way lower. We sure, that's pretty low. Yeah. I mean, any any movie where Richard Madden pulls his cock out is good for me, I guess. <laughs> I love a good um, comic book character. Yeah, just, just, just that movie alone had ten Eternals plus Crow. If you knew the bad guy's name, kudos to you. Crow, uh, Eros, Pip the Troll, fucking Dane Whitman, fucking Blade's voice. I, that was the only part I liked was Blade's voice at the end. That yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. That was it. Yeah. You guys are just fucking haters. There's finally oh. fat dudes that go. are superheroes, and then he we died. don't pay them any respect, he and died. then they die tragically. <laughs> but whatever. It's, it's finally, you're, you're fat shaming. I get it. You want them to be big and muscular, jaws, you know, good imprints on their jocks. I get it. Obviously, I get it. we don't with Henry Cavill leaving Superman, <laughs> so just saying. That's a different Are universe. You talking about Gilgamesh being the fat guy? Yeah, he's a fat guy. I like Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh is just Wong. He's the same guy. Oh my god, Wong is still alive, so <laughs> we're good. One fat guy. <laughs> he was the best yeah. hero. That's it. Gilgamesh was the best Eternal, and they killed him off immediately. That's so. how it goes. We can't have any good brown people that are chubby. We can't. We just gotta kill him. I get it. He's still have Wong. Is it worse that they like you knew it was coming? Like I, f I knew it was coming. Yeah, I was like, they're gonna kill yeah. him. He's too. I did nice. not see that coming. I did. He was way too nice. He was yep. like, oh, I'm gonna protect you no matter what. I was like, he's dead. He's gonna die. <laughs> I was, I was so jazzed for that movie, and then, yeah, I didn't expect them to just start killing people off immediately. Yeah, yeah. How the hell are you gonna be like? Here's the first time you see these people. All of them die. What yeah. the fuck is that? It's like Game of Thrones, man. I don't think Ajax made it 10 minutes into the damn movie. Also, I bought this board for pins, and it's very empty, except for those two Ooh, of uh, nice of uh, Spider-Man 2099 and M'Baku. My three-year-old son calls him, mm, and then, Ukakaku. So he'll just come up with any other noises after, mm, and then I have to correct him. I am 100% ripping that into a new sound effect. Yeah. Well, that's all great, man. Uh, congratulations on the board. And thank you for getting ready for the March or the Multiverse of March Madness. And if those of you who don't know what that is, Louie and I launched that last year. This year. So we thought it'd be fun to do a uh, March Madness style tournament of the heroes versus villains. 
on each side of a bracket, all 64. And then we had it battle down to one hero wins, one hero, I mean, one hero wins, one villain wins, and then have them in the very finals against each other. It was awesome. It was fun. Louis is a mastermind at seeding fictional characters. So uh, we're getting ready for season yeah, two. Yeah, I would, I would uh, be good. just make little TikToks. Like a Google know, mission. Yeah. If he makes if he makes the bracket, let's let's be real here. The One Punch Man isn't gonna do. Yeah. Fuck you guys. One Punch Man. Um, <laughs> what was I saying? I uh, I made little TikToks of each one where I'd be like, this guy or this guy, vote here, and then everybody on TikTok was allowed to vote, and then you know the next day or whatever you do the next round and so on and so forth. And uh, who do you guys think won the whole tournament? Doctor Doom. Ah, no, it's MC MCU characters. Oh, ooh. I want to say Thanos. Mm, I would close. say Thanos. No. Thanos won the villains, but he lost the final. I know Spider Man. Spider Man. Spider Man had the biggest victory in the tournament, where he beat Shuri like. I think it was like 4,000 votes to 400 votes or something. And it was the best because I hate Shuri so much. And I loved watching Spider-Man shit all over her face. I loved it. We still get people voting in that uh, on TikTok randomly. We'll get notifications of people voting in it. However, the winner was Doctor Strange. That's okay. fair. That's fair. That makes so, sense. I'll give him that. Yeah. We thought Wanda was going to take it, but people voted him. She might this year. Well, go. she gonna be a villain. She is gonna be a villain. Oh, oh, that I think that that's good. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Probably, mom. probably a number one seed villain. That's sad. <laughs> she reminds yeah. you of your mom. Yeah, yeah that's oh, no. that's a whole thing. We can't get into that. <laughs> we can't no. get into that. That's a whole thing. <laughs> different story we'll to that episode. Uh, if you guys <laughs> done it, <laughs> can't bring them anywhere. No. <laughs> immediately talks about his mom no matter what well uh let's uh let's run over to you guys uh spencer what has been mcu for you um for me i know the no way home funko pops are getting released so i'm actually getting the uh toby mcguire spider-man funko pop i already pre-ordered it yeah it's coming gonna get here is that the the hot topic exclusive one I think so. I, I think I also got it at GameStop. I think they also have it there. Nice. Too. Yeah. We have uh we can relate to that. I got the three pack pre ordered. I got two of them because they're gonna give one as a giveaway in January if that's nice. when it comes up. And Louie here, he got the he got the Mecca. I got the eight pack from Walmart. All right. And then and then I also pre ordered the uh the Green Goblin in his uh his like Green Goblin suit. All right. Yeah, that's yeah. pretty cool. You gotta love Funko Pop because they literally take any character and they're like, you know what? We're gonna make a Funko of it. See, look at that. Jesus. Yeah. What's your address? <laughs> Forty-two. Sorry, that's a, a different life. Wallaby Way, Sydney. Okay. <laughs> different. Oh God. Here we it's go. a different life. So calm down, Nas. You're yeah. on a. You're a professional counselor now. You do not rob people anymore. Hey man, let me have those Funko Pops. <laughs> <laughs> Funkos? He's, a, he's going to be getting a doctorate <laughs> yeah i almost had someone give me the eyes of i will kill you for this, this pop figure 
in a Target one I time believe years it. ago. Yeah, for Qui-Gon Jinn, who's my favorite character. And I've told the story probably the last five episodes. It just always comes up. Um, I have his lightsaber tattooed in my body. So okay. I like him. But this other guy, I'm not going to die over a, you know, a, a $12 piece of plastic. I still got him. No. But I didn't get him through Target because I okay. value my life. That's Good. Yeah. You got to make smart decisions these days, man. That's yeah. a different mental health topic that we talked about a couple of weeks ago on the pod, man. It's just too many. Sorry to get deep, but there's too many shootings, too many things going on, man. Yeah. Don't, it's not, take it. I love Go it. Go ahead and have it. Yeah. Awesome. Anything else uh, going on for you, Spencer? How about you, Nas? Cap it off. What is MCU for you? Uh, well, today I was doing some secret China shopping and I had like two weeks to do it. And I literally bought it at the 11th hour. So I had a client before this. Uh, I'm a therapist, right? So I had a client before this. So I did it literally right before it because I knew I had this after. And then I'm going to wake up and go to work. Uh, so in the meantime, I bought, I was going to give this to them, this little mm-hmm. miles. Um, but I was like, no, nope, I'm going to keep this for myself. And then I bought them something else. <laughs> Respect. Yeah, usually yeah. how all of his gifts go. He's like, no, that's too good for them. I'm going to get them something That's way else. too good. I did I get, get them a, your favorite character. Sherry. <laughs> and was that Qui-Gon Jin? <laughs> no, well, I got Reva. Ugh. Ooh, nice. Ugh. The worst. <laughs> the worst. I I mean, it's a specific person that I'm buying it for, right? So I'm not gonna get some random white dude for a black woman, right? It's <laughs> what the fuck's she, wrong with being a random white dude? Yeah. <laughs> I've been a random white dude my whole life. <laughs> Whoa, oh, man. Let's, oh. let's turn the conversation because you're so again. <laughs> oh, man. You know, I think that's a perfect way to warm up as we're about to talk about some deep emotional grief in the MCU. Yeah. Jesus. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> All right, Devin. All right. Last random white dude on the panel here. What, uh, what's been MCU for you? <laughs> Oh man, this is great. Um, I forgot I've been doing what I've been doing. No, okay. So I finally tried to read again another few panels of issue number twelve, I think, of uh, Secret Wars, original run, and then I fell asleep. You know, some people read books to fall asleep, right? I read comic books because I just cannot focus on reading and everything. It is, it is hard. It is hard. Um, good old ADHD, but having a good time doing it still because it's it's it is fun. It is fun. And now I know easy way for me to fall asleep when I can't. I just start reading and then bam, I'm out like a light within minutes. There you go. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I have tried to keep restarting Hawkeye, given that it's a holiday season. And I said it's going to be an instant rewatch me. And I just throw it on and I fall asleep here and there when I'm just doing stuff. But one of these days, I'm going to finally actually watch it legitimately and not just kind of like, oh, well, I'm going to play on my phone, play Marvel Snap. You're a sleepy guy. Apparently, man. If I'm having if I'm having trouble sleeping, I throw on the Doctor Strange episode of What If, and I will fall asleep immediately every time. Probably one of the biggest episodes of grief in all of Phase Four. Let let me tell you, right. Christine. <laughs> oh man, yeah. Let's let's dive into this. So, like we said at the top of the episode, this whole episode we're really trying to focus in on all the grief of Phase Four. Now. This has kind of been a big staple for the MCU because usually when you see your heroes, right, you want to see them win. At the end of the day, it's always 
Good Conquers Evil, the classic tale. That's what we see in Star Wars, we see in Marvel, we see in even in DC, uh, sometimes. But the premise is you want to see, you know, the good guys on top and have hope at the end. Sometimes that can be a little gray. And there's a lot of areas to kind of explore that area. What does it mean to actually lose but still win and win but what is the loss, you know, at what cost, right? Just like Thanos gets asked by little Gamora in that little uh, area after the soul stone and everything and cost him everything. So sometimes that happens, you know? Yeah, it's fine. Sacrifices need to be made for the greater good. Exactly. <laughs> he really loves Thanos too, which is awkward because when you're a therapist, Whoa. you're not like, you know what? Complete balance. Like, oh. <laughs> oh man. But yeah. So basically, like I said, uh, the uh, Marvel's production and development lead, Richie Palmer, he's gone on record as describing phase four as a reaction to the trauma of Avengers Infinity War and Endgame, which pretty much uh, with Far From Home afterwards is what capped off phase three. And then we had, you know, COVID, which really swapped things around. And even our stories, like uh, the stories you've heard about, how it drastically altered the story line of uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier show. And, you know, release dates and yada, yada. We've been there. We experienced it. We know it. But kind of want to kick things off with starting with that. So we end Endgame with this crazy stuff. Even Far From Home, we see... Uh, you know, Peter finally gets the girl and everything, but then he's swinging through and then guess what? Mysterio is just going to shit all over his day and his life and make us wait like what? Two and a half, almost three years to finally get the answer of what happens next uh, when he reveals his identity. So there's a lot of heavy stuff that happens and that kind of kicked off with WandaVision 2 and all that. So kind of want to start off here. Grief affecting the characters. Now, we talked a little bit about this online, right? When you have all this stuff that just culminates and, you know, being a hero is sometimes you, you take in all this stuff. So people don't have to do it. The, the greater good for society and yada, yada, but it has a big effect on our heroes and our characters. And we've seen it throughout a lot of this stuff in phase four. So kind of open up the floor here a little bit and talk about that because I think it sometimes gets lost in the weed when we have a, uh, or the weeds rather, when we have these big action sequences and stuff like that. Some characters probably could really benefit from that uh, medicinally, of course. But, you know, they're trying to keep those uh, ratings uh, on that, like, what, 13 viewer scope and everything? I don't know. I'm not Kevin Feige. Maybe kick it off with you, Nas, because I think you might have a good way to kind of help us start this conversation. Grief and the characters. What kind of comes to mind with how you perceive this and what you've observed so far in, uh, so far in Phase 4? Uh, okay. Uh, forgive me every once in a while, because I know I like to look away. Um... And I like going to my own zone because I like to visualize everything in my mind. Hence our show, Different Spectrums, which is everything's about visuals and how they manifest to represent mental health. Um, every character have, has their own version, has their own emotions, has their own things, has their own system, their own world that they live in. Uh, one would say their own universe, whatever. Blah. So all of them feel grief or depression, PTSD differently, and they express it differently. I think that's what's cool about the characters here is you have some of them that are quiet and reserved and they just go about their thing and they're going to be good soldiers. You have some that are like going to create entire worlds of their partner and now their metaphysical children. You have some people that are having PTSD and flashbacks. You have some people that go on murder sprees, which is probably the funnest choice. I would also say the most American choice. I'm sorry for all the people, but I'm just... American society is kind of sketch. Hashtag random white dudes. Let's go. Well, if we're being statistically honest. (laughs) 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 
Oh, God, you hit me with so the crickets? Hard. Was it you, Lori? Um, so I think it's the expression of grief through every individual character is the most significant part and how it's not just super bland. It's actually well thought out. I would assume they had some creative input by other therapeutic folks uh, to figure out, like, how should we m- manipulate this character and how they express it? We even talked about in Sang chi it's a different type of grief that's not related to Endgame. There's multiple assets of grief that are seen throughout the show. Even within some of the later series, which a lot of folks hate it, but it's fine, She-Hulk and Mrs. Marvel, um, there's a different type of grief that's going on there with self-identity, exploration, giving up the old and finding the new. Still, there's grief and depression, anxiety in, in those characters. Uh, so it's not all about Endgame. It's expressed through every character. Well said. I like that. Especially like what you said about like how the shows even you don't really think about it, right? Like it's not on the surface, but it is there. She-Hulk, Miss Marvel especially. So I, I like that it's still, you know, possible to weave this thread through it all. How about you, Lou? What do you think so far about all this grief and the characters and everything? You just put me right on the spot. I'm over here staring at the, the painting of Nas above his head. It, it is a nice painting, I must say. It looks it just is. like you. I know. Anyway, that's why I bought it. <laughs> it's not a bird. <laughs> <laughs> the grief attaching itself to the phase four. Uh, Nas pretty much said it best. You get the characters that should be uh, sad with Thanos, being sad about Thanos. Wanda comes to mind, her crying in WandaVision. Um, Thor being all sad. You know, everybody hates that movie except for me. And um, I enjoyed it. No, see, there was he was sad. You know, there was grief through there with uh, the passing of Mighty Thor, Jane Foster, and so on. Um, Gore, Gore with his uh, with the passing of his daughter, which uh, you mentioned the murder spree. Um, everyone I talked to said there wasn't enough murder in that movie which I didn't know was a problem with movies. He didn't kill enough gods. Sorry. Whatever. Butcher enough gods. What's the difference? He's not Gore the God Killer. Um, but then you got characters like uh, uh, Steven with a V with Moon Knight. And that was grief. He didn't even know who Thanos was. I mean, he did, but it didn't like uh, affect him the same way it affected like the people who were there. And that was probably one of the saddest things throughout the entire uh, phase four, just watching his story and how he grew up. And now he's got three personalities and all that good stuff. I think that was episode seven where they showed it. It was towards the end, but it was, that was a terrible, terrible episode to watch for a lot of Mm. people with uh, abuse issues. Or, or trauma with a loved one dying, that 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 that's a trigger warning on Moon Knight when they reveal uh, what's going on. Yeah, that had to be uh, quite interesting for you to watch as a therapist. Do you watch these things as a therapist or as a fan and then go back and watch them again as a therapist? Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, no, complete sense. Uh, so I'm watching it as a fan, but in my mind, I'm always uh, connecting to things emotionally. I'm not really watching like, ooh, that's a good scene. Uh that does happen in that moment, though. I'm just fully watching it. Uh, in that moment, that was, uh, as I joked about earlier, that was that was kind of triggering for some stuff. That was not a fun episode for me uh, to watch. 
a lot of folks of color uh, think that that type of punishment uh, or abuse is appropriate because uh, we think that will protect our children. Um, that's been passed down from generations and generations and generations. Uh, and it's a ter- terrible tool. Um, but those beatings and those dissociating, very common for a lot of people to dissociate. Uh, he developed uh, a disorder from it. Um, so it's, it's dissociative identity disorder. That's what's called. Although it used to be called multiple personality disorders, dissociative identity disorder. Now, I've only had a few clients with that. The, the average is 16 personalities within one individual. Uh, so we only see three. So technically, there could be more in him. Um, wow. If if the comic was going to be, uh, or if the strip was going to be accurate, it would be closer to 16. Um, uh, Tell reality for a lot of people. I'm glad that you brought that up. I actually have that written down in the Google Doc. I just forgot about it. I do my best. Um, and then on the other hand, yes. through watching stuff like The Eternals and What If, I'm sure a lot of fans felt a lot of grief for having to sit through that to get through the next thing. Because... <laughs> I did. I was like, oh, this is this is the worst part of my day. That was me in the Party Thor episode of What If. I still think that was just so silly. I think it was so stupid. So um, that's what I have to say about that. Awesome. Awesome. How about you, Spencer? Any thoughts on um, that? Yeah. I mean, just some other shows that we kind of haven't touched on, like Loki. Um, I think, first of all, Loki's just grown in, and Tom Hiddleston's grown into like such a popular character um, within the MCU. Um, and then his character, he's losing his whole timeline. Um, he doesn't know where kind of he, where he belongs really. Um, and then he meets, you know, a variant that he actually falls in love with. And then um, he loses her. I know as soon as Kang comes into the, into the fold um so we lose that and then also you could say with um falcon and or yeah falcon and uh winter soldier you could say that um falcon lost captain america his best friend um and then um now he has to find his identity as the as a black captain america which is its own struggles right like um and then you kind of see that. Um, although I think not a lot of people really like the series. I think that that series um, has some really good moments. Um, not really in the villain part, but mostly on like, I like the character development of uh, Bucky. And then also we see as Cap- the new Captain America. So I think phase four um, has tons of grief. Um, and then obviously we have, you know, Black Panther, which was just filled with grief, had a lot of beautiful moments, in my opinion, um, especially uh, paying respect to Chadwick Boseman. And then hopefully at some point, um, you know, bringing a new Black Panther into the future. So no, no spoilers, no spoilers. Oh, sorry. My bad. For, at least for Black Panther, for some context. Yeah, right. right. Um, so one of the most grief heavy <laughs> pieces uh installments in phase four uh unfortunately nas is not seen um so we have to dance around that subject a little bit but actually while we're here let me just get this out of the way so no one uh gives a bunch of like one star reviews in apple podcast because we didn't play the thing 
So outside of Black Panther, we might do some spoilers. So this is your warning beyond this point. Here. Is that a spoiler? It's I think I should just give us a spoiler. He kind of did. Cut spoiler that, alert. That part spoiler out. alert. Yeah, well, now you know. Now you know. <laughs> Sorry, Marvel. Whoops. <laughs> That's out. Yeah. So uh, Nas has not seen that movie, which is, oh, man. I know. It's, it's so bad. <laughs> I, I try, I've tried. I get busy. <laughs> Say it every day. Wake up. Yeah. You, <laughs> yeah, I know it means I love you. It's fine. That's how hey, Max said the morning love. text. Fuck you, Nas. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> auto love oh, you, yeah. auto correct. I love you, big bald man. That's what he means. R.I.P. Gilgamesh. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So no hate, no. Totally get it. Totally understand. You're a busy man. And you're helping a lot of good people every day. So that's awesome. Respect it. Um, so hopefully get to see it. Well, another example of the grief that I thought about today when I was doing my my research for my list, a name popped up that I hadn't thought about since the show came out. And it's from Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's when my main man, John Walker, is so upset after Battlestar. You guys remember Battlestar? After Battlestar dies. And then he just goes absolutely apeshit on a guy with a shield. And some people handle grief differently. And he just tried to decapitate a dude with a shield. So that happened. I mean, with that, um, you could tell he was just, he was losing it because he had such a high bar to fill with Captain America. Um, And then he was trying to be the new Captain America. And uh, you could see like his beard was growing in. He wasn't shaving anymore. He was just, and he looked disheveled every time. So after he lost him, he was like, that's when he really lost it. Yeah, that was a, that was, I will say um, that was a really good scene because I didn't think they were going to take it that far. I honestly didn't. Forgive me. I've, I've forgotten some of the character build up for the villain. Uh, wasn't it because there was a bunch of stuff going on with their people and like their 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 culture that was being like pushed out and moved? Something was going on with that, right? Yeah, it had a lot to do with these. Uh, I forget the organization specifically in charge of like the relocation, of everyone. But it's basically that yeah. like what happens to the people who were snapped versus weren't snapped and have to like be forced from their homes and all that and basically become yep. refugees. And where do you go? And no one wants to help them and things like that. So yeah, that started the flag smashers as the antagonist. We got uh, correct. Carly Morgenthau, Morgenthau, and everything. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that that's going to be a grief type of issue as well because you right you've lost some of your folks, but then it's also grief of these locations. You keep having to relocate, relocate, and so your life is completely distraught because there's no foundation where you can set in. So it's just anxiety and terror. So it's just someone building up all these emotions, and then what do you do? You're trying to find a way to control for it, thus you lash out and you try to take control, is which I try to get my clients to do. Again, it's part of grief. Grief can manifest into a lot of other things, and you can become very nasty. Most humans don't become very nasty with grief. But the movies, they like to build it up where you become you know, a villain. Uh, in actuality, it, you don't become that villainous. You're usually depressed as shit, and you can't leave your house, if we're being honest. You know, so that brings up a good question too. So um, one of the favorite things I liked, and I think fans, you know, were really receptive to this too. Uh, So a couple instances where we had in Black Widow, uh, one of the episodes in WandaVision, 
Um, I want to say there was another series, I can't remember, but we got to actually see what happens when people return from the second snap. Uh, so WandaVision, we see uh, Rambo in the hospital trying to find her mother. She's been dead for how many years? Um, but all these people are coming back. We see Yelena coming back in the one friend's mansion or home or whatever of a, a former Black Widow, freaking out. She's like, where's my sister? Awkward. Um, yeah, and I think there's a couple other scenes maybe. Spider-Man No Way Home. Everybody was like appearing on the marching band floor. Right, from the blip. So it was cool to see that because what do you do? Like, can you imagine literally losing half the population across the known universe and then all of a sudden everyone just comes back? I mean, there's some stuff you probably don't want to see and they don't want to touch. Like, what happens if you're in a plane? You got snapped, you know? Yeah. I don't want to picture it, but, you know, probably not a good outcome. But that's, that's why I don't get on planes. There you go. So my question is... I'm sure that's the reason. <laughs> FBI watch list. <laughs> it's not a crippling fear. It's just because I don't want to get blipped. The question really is, do you guys feel like the MCU has done a decent job of that kind of return to life? Or do you think it kind of just got glossed over? Because, you know, like there's got to be a lot of stuff. Falcon and the Winter Soldier probably did the most addressing of it. But I mean, like Hawkeye, you see people are still happy. People are doing stuff in New York. We see other things going on. She-Hulk seems like never knew people were blipped. It's 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 a mix, right? So what's kind of the general consensus that you guys might think? Well, I do have to say they opened a fucking Infinity Cones restaurant. They're already making jokes about it, dog. Like, yeah. I mean. Get over this. Yeah. All right. You guys came back. All right. Get over it already. You know. But Thanos is, was right. Mugs. Yeah. Yeah. Thor. yeah, that was in Thor, yeah. Well, there's a lot of people that think Thanos was right, but that's a different story for a different day. <laughs> that's a that's a different type of something. <laughs> Spence, what do you think about the question here? Uh honestly, I think that um it's tough because you have to mix in real life with the actual MCU. And I think people were kind of, you know, mixing not only the snap, but with um, you know, everything that happened with like the lockdown. And things like that. So I think it kind of speaks true to how kind of how in real life we're kind of like, yeah, remember that time when we were in our house for like months and months? Well, kind of over that now because I get to go to the mall. So, you know, it I feel like we especially now we kind of get over things a lot easier. Um, Maybe maybe not maybe on like more of like a surface level we get over things. Um, obviously you can still see, um, a lot of people's attitudes, um, kind of probably have changed since being, um, on lockdown to this day. Um, especially with like anxiety and things like that. Um, I think we talked about in one of our latest podcasts about how people are still having that effects of the lockdown. Um, cause they've never really been isolated like that before. And so now you see not only in the MCU of people kind of uh, adjusting quickly, but um, we see it in our characters that we're really focused on that they're, they were really affected too. Um, so, yeah. And I think also, I think they said in uh, if Chadwick would have um, been alive today, that they would have been tackling more about the blip um, and how he was dealing with the loss and that. So. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the movies and film, they're to escape reality. And so it's its about keeping you excited and, and, and in it. 
And going back into some of this blip stuff might not have been as fun or satiating as what people would want. I feel like you could make a different series on that to spend time when you have a two hours, two hours and 30 minutes to do a movie. This is really not a, appropriate, you know, to get it in there. Uh, I assume they would be more series based. I think COVID messed a lot of that up uh, as well. Maybe they didn't want to focus on that type of stuff uh, because of the lockdown and quarantine. And then you lost so much and everyone was already going through so much grief. Then to tie in more of that, maybe let's do some more escapism and have some more fun with the characters. Uh, I feel like that could be two pretty big things in it. Um, I feel like it would be really cool to get into it. I feel like you could unleash a whole new subset of characters. I think it would be cool if there was like a multiverse effect and like some random ass characters were in there now because of the blip. Like I just saying, uh, throwing a couple squids or something. I don't know. Whatever. Couple squids. Maybe you bring back Gilgamesh somehow. I was, I oh. you. He's back. <laughs> everyone. Uh, yes. Look, he did it. The one <laughs> character we have for five minutes, he's back. <laughs> and he brought pie. Yeah. See? And look, he's still protecting Angelina Jolie. Odd. This is the most anybody has ever talked about Gilgamesh ever. <laughs> He's going to be the only one talking about him. Not it no is. joke. Whatever. No, I respect I'm, it. I might have cried extremely hard when he died. Might have. I can't remember if I teared up at that moment, but I was bummed. I was like, "Nah, come on, don't kill him." Come oh, I was devastated. I had to watch in parts because I'm an old man, right? So I can only watch movies after I put my kids to sleep and then we, we watch the movie from like eight 30 to 10 and then it's like bedtime. And then you come back and watch the rest of the movie. So I only watched the first half of the movie and it was either Devin or a different friend of mine said, Oh, how do you like it? And I was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm it's kind of slow, but I, th I think it's going to really pick up. I, I think my favorite eternal is Gilgamesh. He's pretty cool. And he goes, okay. And I was like, what, <laughs> what does that mean, man? And then uh, I think like 30 seconds into the second half of the movie, he's just one punch man is no longer there. Oh, fuck. Oh, it is what it is. Any character where they, uh, they play on people's emotions. So they give you these really sweet individuals that you can grow to love and very joyful, very protective. They give you these type of characters and then they like killing them off because they know that's going to hurt you even more. They take the emotions in these shows and they manipulate you with them, which is fine. Uh, it is what it is. It that's, is what it is. That's a good question, too. So, I mean, I'm just kind of curious. Maybe just go around the room. Has there been a, a character death in Phase 4? And if not, I'd open up to the rest of the MCU. But was there a, a, a death in this phase that really, really hit you? So, the obvious answer here is going to be Aunt May. Yep. But... The one that really got me wasn't actually a death, but I really genuinely thought it was. Same movie, end of the movie, where um, where uh, Peter two, Peter two stops Peter one from killing Norman with the with the glider, and then Norman just fucking stabs him in the back, and I was like, <gasps> and and everybody thought that he was gonna die. I, I, if you said, if you said, no, I knew he wasn't going to die. You're, you're a fucking liar is what you are. And, um, that was, that was hard for me to, to, to watch. And then he ended up being okay. So it wasn't really a death, but I feel like it should still count. Honestly, that was tough. That was so tough. Yeah. 
because I was like, they're killing my favorite Spider-Man. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, just tear my childhood dreams apart. Sorry, it's a bold move, man. It been was. bold. Yeah. Honestly, every I think if fans didn't really like him that much, they would have killed him. They would have killed him. And I think they're saving him up for later movies too. Um, so Secret Wars. they didn't want to just end it there. So I'm glad they kept Toby alive. Louis hit it on the head. I mean, the first person I thought of, and I feel like has really hit me the most, given like how big of a Spider-Man fan I am, was getting the Uncle Ben, like the reverse Uncle Ben moment with Aunt May, which I thought was very, very powerful. Even though I knew it was, it was going to happen, I didn't want it to. So part of the acceptance of it was really, you know, letting go and realizing this, this is, this is, this is critical. And, you know, the Peter Parker, uh, just foundation. I mean, we got reverse trilogy of telling his origin story, which is incredible. Um, it really hit me, but I will say, and I'm not going to spoil black Panther, but that movie was probably my biggest surprise for me because I have only seen it once but I was very obsessed with it after viewing it. I really love all the tones. I love a lot of the story choices. I love a lot of things that happen. Soundtrack was phenomenal. Um, but there's like, there's, you know, there's deaths and some of them really kind of hit me and I thought it was very cool. But I mean, it, that one was, that, that was, that movie in general. Good. I don't want to, oh man, ah! I want to talk about it, but I also don't want to ruin anyone's experience because, you know, it's something you don't want ruined. I promise you, I'm going to finally watch it this weekend. I don't have any papers to do. <laughs> my clients have all they're all the school's done at Purdue University. Like I'm gonna watch it, I promise. Do you guys smell do you guys smell smoke? I think his pants are on fire. <laughs> no, I just smell bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Jesus Christ, you bunch of ninnies. There was a there was, <laughs> there was a almost death. There was a, a thing that I thought was gonna be a death in that movie too. Without saying you guys know who I'm talking about. He, uh, let's just say oh. that person got hit really hard. And I was like, no, and he, he ended up being okay too. But, or I mean, that person ended up being okay too. Not saying it was a he. Anywho, anyway. uh, yeah. there you go. You watch his vision. You watch the movie. There's 90 women and one guy. So <laughs> it's going to be pretty obvious who I'm talking about. I can't really think, man. There was a, there were so many good moments in it. Grief wise, I, I would say the most traumatic one is not when someone died, uh, is when your boy Louie talked about, uh, I almost called it split, uh, Moon Knight. Uh, so when they go back and do the flashback and you see the devastation of him, oh, technically this is grief, him losing his brother, taking on the blame, mom blaming him, mom abusing him consistently, constantly. So he not only lost his brother, he lost his mother. And then he loses his father as well because he leaves home. Uh, it's just nothing but loss. That That is pretty intense, pretty real. Uh, I've worked with a lot of clients that go through a lot of different traumas. When it comes to abuse, I got a lot of kids that are LGBTQ that, you know, their parents cut them off. And so that's grief. I've got clients that I'm working with that are going through cancer. I've, their family's going through cancer, right? Their loved one. It's grief is everywhere. And so this is why a lot of shows don't really like to tap into that because it's an escapism watching these shows. Um, for Phase 4 to hit the emotions every single freaking show is intense. I feel like some of these shows you got to be in the right mindset. I also feel like I've been so busy. I'm not. I'm making an excuse here, but it's a valid excuse. I want to 
watch the show Black Panther and I want to be able to watch it. I don't want to just squeeze it in and be playing, messing around. Um, I always do that. I don't like to start new things unless I'm in the mind space to start a new thing. So there's a ton of grief. I would say Moon Knight, that reveal was probably the toughest. I would say my boy Gilgamesh dying. Shout out to Gilg. <laughs> you cried a lot. We're going to put a Gilg count up in this episode. Ding every time we hear Gilgamesh. Yep, do it. Every time I say Gilgamesh, we got to take a shot. <laughs> Good thing me and Louie do not drink. Oh, no. Okay, there you go. We're going to have to really use the bathroom halfway through. Okay. <laughs> um, I think just because he was so full of joy and protectiveness, obviously is a big brown dude. I'm Mexican and Lebanese, not Asian. Um, my father's uh, disabled, and I am his caretaker. And so there's just a lot of vibes that I relate to him. So that was a tough one for me as well, just because I relate to that character. And watching someone deteriorate is not fun. Uh, that's I wish that on no one. I wish that on no one. Hey, you know, thanks for sharing that, though. You know, I can also relate to that, too. You know, my dad, uh, he was pretty up there in age. Took care of him when I was very young. And he passed when I was a freshman in college at, like, age 77. So, like, I can I can relate, you know, caretaker. It's not easy, so respect the, the work it's that you guys do. But, you know, it's yep. appreciated. Yep, yeah. that's awesome, brother. Glad um, you shared that. Heck yeah, man. Thank you. But <laughs> I will say, outside of this, because I feel like I kind of cheated with uh, saying um, Aunt May. Phase 3, Guardians of Galaxy 2. Yandu, that death, one of the Bro. best fucking lines saying, uh, you know, he may have been your father's son, but he ain't your daddy. Yep. Oh my God. Mary Poppins, I've, y'all. I, I was going to, I thought you were about to say Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> that one too. Uh, I've Equally actually said that. Heavy. I've said that though. I'm like, man, so, you know, this person, this is your bio dad, but he, you know, that ain't, that ain't really who raised, they ain't your father. Right, the, you, you, it's this person, stepdad, or it's your uncle that's the caretaker, whatever it is. I've used that mm-hmm. line before. I always mess it up, but I've used it. That's what she said. Um. Fair enough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, kind of similar vein to uh, like the characters themselves, the deaths themselves, but also sometimes the quotes too. I mean, um, there's one in Wakanda Forever, I won't say, but I love the quote it really like made me, you know, pause for a moment, even in theaters hearing it. And I love it so much. Um, I'm curious if you'll pick up on it when you see it. Well, you'll have to let us know when you see it and I'll, I'll share with you what it is, but yeah, it's, okay. it was, it was a very well said quote in a, a much needed time. Um, for the I'll character check it out. That is. I know. Yeah. I know exactly what quote you're yeah. talking about. Yeah. I brought it up on our, what kind of forever spoiler review too. So, um, if you all are wondering what I'm talking about, go check it out retroactively. Um, but even one of the there biggest quotes too was, you know, in one of the biggest grief centric series, WandaVision, when we get that beautiful line out of nowhere that people are like, well, hold on, pause, rewind. Did I hear that right? When Vision is comforting Wanda and he says like, what is uh, love if not grief persevering or, but not, you know, something to that for like paraphrasing here guys. But I've that alone that. is like, oh man. I mean, so I'm kind of curious now is, did that, hit you at all a little differently or like how did you perceive that given your profession everything when you heard that quote anything See, different i've i've uh you know i forget some of these things you know right because it's been some time now um yeah. and i've only seen it once so there, there's this kind of sketchy human that had a tv show i'm not gonna name the person but there's a really good scene um where he's talking about love and he's heartbroken because his partner had to go to a different country 
And so he fell in love with this person, but then they had to leave. And he's talking to this, this psychiatrist. And it's a, the psychiatrist is just a mean asshole. But he goes, you idiot. And he's like, why am I an idiot? He's like, you love her, huh? He's like, you miss her and you're miserable. He's like, yeah, it's terrible. He's like, that's love. He said, I haven't had my heart broken in 20 years since my wife died. Mm. He said, misery is wasted on you. I was like, oh, it's interesting. Um, I think the absence of the people that you have and the sadness or the grief or the trauma that without living without them is only the direct reciprocal of how much you actually really love them. You don't know how much something means to you until it's gone, uh, which is really sad. And so I think that quote captures it perfectly. That's why I like to tell people love wildly, love deeply. Uh, but a lot of people are scared because if you do love, you will inevitably be, be hurt. You will be hurt. Either the friendship will go a different way. You might get divorced. People pass. But to love is to be in pain, and you have to accept that. She had some wonderful times with Vision that she never really had. She recovered a lot from the traumas in her childhood. I don't know if she would give those up. I don't think that she would give those up knowing that he was going to die and that she was going to maybe never have these children. I don't know if she would give that up. Something to think about people that are out there struggling with their relationships or different issues and trauma. Me and Spence talked about it a couple of weeks ago on the pod. If you just shut it down and you let your heart die and you hide it with your hobbies and your jobs, you'll never be hurt again. But again, you're never going to have those joys and those really big, great experiences. Your heart will shrink in its coffin. I say this all the time with my clients that are working through relationships uh, all the time. Good quote. I'm going to have to steal that one and put it on a reel. There you go. That was a good. I got real. I'll man. tag you in it. I'll tag you in it. Please. I think for sure, though, that was very, that was very insightful too, you know, outside from even the Marvel perspective too. I mean, ultimately, like this discussion, yeah, we're talking about, you know, fictional heroes and everything, but it's a, it's a lot of us, a lot of fans. I mean, they base their morality off of what these characters say because there's, there is like a, maybe agenda isn't the word, like the correct term or best word here. But, you know, there is a motive behind why do we make these characters do the things they do or say the things they do? You know, we want to elicit a reaction. We want you to think about it, right? Not always just punch, punch, win, win, you know. Say that for older stuff, but, you know, we can actually approach some real stuff. Say that for Michael Bay. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's I mean, all Michael Bay does. I love Michael Bay. But don't, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm pretty sure the guy that was punch, punch, win, win was Gilgamesh. Well, that was a punch, punch, win, lose. He lost in five minutes. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying he died. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I get it. <laughs> he literally was a practice dummy for the, for the villain. <laughs> Oof. This is... This is why people like me like Thanos, because right now I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. I wonder if y'all would be part of the ones that died. Hmm. <laughs> I wonder about that. What if my odds would be in Snatch? But, you know, I've got to say, you know. Uh, I can only hope. Uh, Valid facts. Uh, I'm sorry, but uh, <laughs> he got Gilgamesh'd up. Hey, you said Gilgamesh. I think that counts. <laughs> yep. 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 I turned my camera off, too. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So I think it's weird that we haven't talked about Black Widow at all, considering that was a movie all about a dead a dead person. You know, it was a prequel to before she had died. And it was, you know, her story and there was a lot of sad things in there. Um we, uh, we were talking about the way characters come with their grief, and I thought it was one of the 
better handled ways anyway was uh Yelena getting out at the end of the movie with her dog. So after after Natasha had died, she went and got her dog that she that she was talking about. And for the life of me, I can't remember that dog's name. But Barbie it's better Jones. than like going on a god butchering spree. You say Barbie Jones? Is that your dog's name? Barnaby, Barnaby Jones. Jones. I, oh. I don't know what movie that's from. <laughs> I forgot the <laughs> such an idiot. <laughs> You're the smartest idiot I know, just so you know. I'm sorry. <laughs> smartest one. You have the most hair for a bald guy I've ever seen. <laughs> you should see my back. Oh, oh my God. His back. Don't, don't you dare come on my podcast and threaten me with a good time. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Do it. Do it. That was about, that was about it. I had a, a pun up. Sorry. It's okay. I had a pun about... Uh, oh, damn. I stopped him. No, it's not really even a pun. Earlier in that movie, they were all sitting at the table talking about how their childhood was fake, and then Yelena was talking about how it was real to her, and you guys really fucked me up here, you know? Like, that was the only family I've ever fucking had, and you're over here talking about how it was fake. But... And then uh, my guy, the Red Guardian, goes in and sings her a song, and then he gets shot with a bunch of darts. So her complaining about the traumas that they went through or she went through. So what would that her be expressing? Oh, I wasn't prepared for this pop quiz. I just had anxiety. <laughs> anxiety, but it's anxiety, but it's manifested through what she lost. So she's expressing diarrhea. Fuck. Grief? <laughs> 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 Jesus fucking Christ, Louis. I knew the answer, but you made me nervous with the way you phrased it, damn it. Way to oh, go, no. Louis. <laughs> piece of shit. Yeah. No, not a piece, just a lot of water. <laughs> the whole one. Jesus. I like force fed that oh, to you. No. Everyone just like emotions. No. Emotions. <laughs> Emotion, no damage. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's grief. Uh so let's say the childhood was fake. Uh, I've got clients that go through that because the parents are hiding mental health issues or they've, or like the, the student or client doesn't know that they have something like bipolar schizophrenia or autism. Um, there's a lot of grief that could happen uh, when they finally find out these realities. I would say the biggest time it happens is when they find out that they're adopted um, and the parents didn't tell them that information. Uh, those type of reveals can, oh, you lied to me. It's all a lie. My childhood's all a lie. The anger comes out first, which, which most people express because we're comfortable expressing anger. But before you were angry, you were hurt. And right after you were hurt, there was some grieving. Then the anger comes out. I'm not a full believer in like this thing we call anger. It's like a tertiary emotion that comes out, easy to get to. It's not feminized. Where grief and sadness is feminized. And thus, if we do it, we feel like shit. We'd rather be angry than feel like crap. Uh, for a lot of men, this is our go-to. So we'll blow up, and I'm like, oh, you're super sad, aren't you? You sad boy. Sad boy vibes. No, I'm not sad. I'm like, bro, you're sad as hell. Like, you've been hurt, and you're grieving some stuff. No, I'm not. I'm like, yeah, you are. And then they'll just start crying. Uh, all right. Sorry to put you on the spot, Louie. Do you do that in, do you do that in public? Do what in public? <laughs> do you just yell at people? Do you just talk, go up to shouting, shouting men and just go, you're sad? I'm not sad. You're sad. And then they just start crying. You just go to like the 
You said Minnesota. Do you go to the biggest mall ever or whatever the fuck you guys got over there in Minnesota? Yeah, he's in it's Indiana. covered in snow. So he just, just goes to the gym and does oh. that to grown men in short shorts. <laughs> you, just do, you just do that to all the goats outside. You're like, you're pretty sad, aren't you, goat? You're sad, aren't you? I'm not sad. I'm a goat. I do it in therapy. Uh, obviously, I do it with clients that don't work in therapy. I think it's always fun to tease at the people that seem the strongest and be like, ah, I know you're hiding. I know you're masking. There's no one who really acts like this. Um, so no, why it's called masculinity? Because you're masking it? No. Uh, that was actually really good. I'm not even going to hate on that. That was a really good pun. You can, you can take it. It's all yours. Okay. My students are going to legit hate me for that, but I will take it. Uh, there's some neurodivergent kids that are going to like this. All right. Well, you know, I think it's a good point where we can kind of talk into, uh, we brought up Black Widow. We brought up some other specific moments. So, Maybe let's kind of go around the room here and talk about some of the moments that stood out the most in terms of uh, grief and all the other relative themes that we've discussed so far here tonight in phase four. So I want to kick it off to, um, you know, anyone. I'm not going to make it call on someone and then give them anxiety like we were having it just a second ago trying to figure out the G word, grief. We all knew it. Um, yeah, what was the G moment that really stood out to you? It is. It's like, where's Waldo? <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> we broke them, everyone. Ladies and gentlemen, Nas needs a moment. Uh, I'm supposed to take my blood pressure at 11, my medicine, so I'm getting close. Well, if you need to step off for a sec, we will uh, continue <laughs> on the conversation. Because <laughs> don't die on us or don't lose pressure. You know, no pressure. Put them down. Don't take them. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> no. Just oh, it's fine. Let's get this fucking guy an amlodipine stat. <laughs> Y'all got any razors? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. You know, I'm just going to take this mic that I uh, metaphorically have in this episode. Um, one of the moments that I felt what really stood out to me uh, was actually in Hawkeye because it's all about being like cheery and holiday spirit and everything, right? But I love seeing the human hero, the one who doesn't have supernatural abilities, not some lab soldier, nothing cosmic, right? Just a guy with really good aim and, you know, a good heart. Um, who's a family man who doesn't have a cape, but he wears it around his arm or whatever. Like wearing your, your heart on your sleeve, kind of, you know, you get what I'm saying. But no, two moments that really stood out. About? I don't know, man. I was just kind of rambling um, <laughs> as I was getting to my point. But when he's standing there, in the uh, spot where they see the little memorial plaque of the battle in New York, right? You know, we saw Avengers 2012. We even saw a little angle of it from Kate Bishop's perspective in the first episode. Um, I thought it was really beautiful seeing this character who's, you know, especially through the his actions, uh, tours of everything, but also when he had that big blast in Endgame, you know, he's he's half deaf. And it also goes back to the comics and like the, the runs and everything. But he's there trying to actually drown out the noise by taking out his hearing aid and everything, if I recall correctly. But he's in this moment of literally just like, he's a hero. He's done so much. He's standing there. All these people are walking by. They don't understand it. Maybe they don't appreciate it. But like this guy is literally the one who fought to, you know, and something no one has ever seen before. And that's heavy. And I love seeing him just trying to like, he's thinking about the people who aren't there anymore, especially Nat and everything. So like that moment really stood out to me. And I, I, I just love it because it's, it's very somber. Sometimes you need that like moment of solitude and sometimes you can feel alone when you have 
hundreds of people around you and, you know, it's kind of unfamiliar faces and everything. Um, so that, that moment really stood out to me. Um, then I have another moment too, but is there anything on that, that any thoughts or any opinions on that moment at all? I don't think it's a grief thing, but maybe a, it's an emotional thing for sure. In Hawkeye, since you brought it up, there's that moment where um, Maya Lopez crushes his hearing aid and he gets a phone call from his youngest, Nathaniel, and and he's like so upset that he's not home for Christmas or he can't really talk to his son because he can't hear him or anything. So he's just, and I feel like he was hiding it very well, you know, just, oh, go get your mom, go get your mom. But, you know, and men have feelings too, guys. Right. And Kate had to like tell him what was going on. And he was like getting a little choked up trying to explain to him, you know, what, what's going on and he'll be home and have fun and all that good stuff. Yeah. I feel like that's really big too. If you're a parent, which I was, I, I when I watch stuff like that, especially Louie, I usually think of you because you have the two kids. Um, and I always kind of picture like, what does that mean to you versus me? Right. And that's what I think is great. We can find like a different thing to relate in every person. Are you going to say Nuss? I told you the scene in Hawkeye uh, towards the end when she's like beating him up and he's like, I'm not fighting you. And that's a very emotional, deep scene. Uh, that's a wonderful scene. I like that one. That that was probably the best moment for me in that series. Yeah, that's a great scene. And I, I've said it before, but I really wish at the end, uh, when they go back home to uh, the, the, you know, the Hawkeye household, um, they bring Kate to meet the fam and everything. I, I really, really was hoping they were going to bring Yelena too because then she could finally see why her sister sacrificed herself instead of Clint. Ooh, valid. And you get to meet his youngest because, you know, in Age of Ultron, oh, look, it's baby Nat, right? That even Natasha says, turns out it's Nathaniel. But imagine like Yelena meeting the baby that originally was going to potentially be named after her sister. You know, like, I really wish they had that moment and maybe in the future they will yep. one day, but yep. yeah, it was, it was a good yeah. ending. They're definitely going to go for that. Cause I, I just don't think she would have been ready at that point. I think it would kind mm. of been a little forced. Cause then I don't good think point. she was just ready to, um, to even get o- Well, she got over the fact a little bit, but I think she needed time to really meet the whole family and things like that. Um, yeah. That's a good point. I never thought about that. Um, I would say for me, uh, end of Shang-Chi, um, especially when um, the dad's getting his soul sucked out. That was tough because he was finally realizing like all that he missed. And um, he was trying to get back his wife so that then maybe they could be a family again. Um, but at the end of the day, he messed up his relationship with his son and his daughter. Um and that was that was a tough moment. I almost I was tearing up for that moment because um, that was just the music and then just the flashbacks of him seeing his kids and things like that. Um, and then obviously in the same movie, uh, right at the end when he's about to do like his, I don't even know, like his Kamehameha to the soul, mm. to the soul eater. Um, that was a great moment because he was kind of using um, the loss of his father and then also just trying to save the just the world um 
from being destroyed. And so he used that to defeat the soul leader. So that was, I thought that was an amazing moment too. Um, in the same movie, by the way, can't wait for him to come back in Ant-Man as they allegedly say. I made it. I made a TikTok or real, whatever. They're both the same about that. That's going to be, I hope I, I think everybody knows Scott Lang is not going to make it, but you know, I hope he does. Spoilers. I hope he does. I know. Doesn't look good for him in the in the trailers it doesn't look good I for the record the louis doesn't watch trailers he's very brave and he has the best experiences because then he doesn't have any expectations yeah even though they change everything in the trailer from the movie so cool uh any other moments that stood out to you guys that we haven't uh, covered i mean we talked about shang chi which i think is a slept on movie honestly um hawkeye of course but what else may have been uh, something that stood out to you they want to break down a little bit? Making me go through the Rolodex up here. Black Bolt. Oh, yeah. Black Bolt, Mr. Fantastic. Wanda again. You're like, oh, okay. She's, she's gone too. Great. Nice. Glad they killed her. We did a, yeah, we did a pod on Werewolf uh, by Night the other day. Um and so I we related that scene where they're locked in the cage, and he's like, and you know, because they just got captured, uh, and he's explaining like who he is, and she's like, oh, you know, you're great, you're gonna kill me, so I don't really care who you are. He's like, I got these systems to manage my thing, and I know what to do now. I'm contained. Uh, I feel like a lot of people with mental health issues have all these coping skills and strategies. In there, there is some grief and some loss because why am I so different than everyone else? Why is it that everyone else gets to walk around and just be normal, neurotypical, yet I have to mask, I have to do all these things, I have to manage my ADHD, I got to take meds, I got to eat the right things, I got to take my blood pressure, whatever. It's a lot of stuff that other people don't have to do. And so in there, there's a lot of anger. Some people, it's anger, angry at their God. Some people, it's angry at themselves, genetics, right? It depends. Um, Another, it's a representation of grief. And so we express it differently. He, in that scene where he's in the cage, sounds like a client that's been through a lot of good therapy because he has all these systems and checks and he's well kept with his emotions. It's like that's a different definition of grief, right? It's, it's in all characters. Um, losing yourself and your identity is hard. So to be, become some random dude, now you're a werewolf that's like eating people. Uh, I mean, that can't be like a fun thing. Um, or maybe it is. I don't know. Uh, that's what I thought about. I just looked through the list of things that I had. That was the thing. The only thing I was going to do was tease uh, Spencer. I'm like, I don't know if there's grief in the Groot series, but maybe I can tie this in here because I know Spencer did not like the Groot series. No, I didn't like the fact that you were like trying it. to relate it to mental health. I was like, all right, bro. Whatever you say. <laughs> He's taking a bath. Wow. That's, that's really out there. I love the bath episode. Well, when he just like sits down. But for a show, like, like, it's different, right? It's like we're trying to relate to mental health. He's like, look it, you got to take care of you. And me and our other (laughs) co-hosts were just like, whatever, dude. Yeah, you go along with it. We have nothing to say here. Bathing is important for mental health. Here we go. Take a bath. Here we go. Well, your favorite (laughs) character died, Nas. Both of them. Oh, it's like, yeah, you tried to like relate it in a weird way in this show, but other way, fuck you, your character's dead. (laughs) (laughs) He's gone forever. He's never coming back. They're never bringing Gilkin forever. That's fine. For those of you that have have seen the TV series Hannibal, 
where Hannibal is the psychiatrist and actually teaches his clients to like murder people. Be careful, Spencer. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Whatever. I know they'll turn on you at some point. <laughs> I think legally I need to just say a disclaimer real quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's not going to murder me. <laughs> in, in Secret Wars, there's gonna be there's gonna be nine nine eternals because even Gilgamesh couldn't come back for secret wars. <laughs> <laughs> the writers are just going through it. Just like, should we bring back Gilgamesh? <laughs> no, <laughs> we don't. Cause this one podcast talked to him about 50 times. Bring we back might Ajax and Icarus. And then they kill him again. Oh Ajax, you're back. <laughs> oh my God. Not Ajax. Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh, you're back. <laughs> it's just the version, the MCU version of Kenny. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. You were kidding. I don't think anyone's ever talked as much about Gilgamesh from Eternal. <laughs> never. Never. No this one's even talked even about one. Eternals this much. <laughs> no. Jesus. I'm not gonna lie, Spence. This has actually been a freaking blast. Uh yeah. Yeah, this has been a blast. Yeah, it's been fun. Hey, well, you know, we're sorry. We don't know. Uh, we don't shit on anyone's uh, favorite characters, no matter who it is or how they ended up or whatever. Even if it's Howard the Duck. So, Nas. He's still alive. Yeah. Even even if uh, even if only barely. So Nas said that my kids are going to need therapy. So I'm going to spoil this part oh, of Black Panther with the grief when they go up to the moon to to rescue Captain America. <laughs> And he was sad because he was on the moon and they rescued him because that happened. Lou, you got any other moments that you think uh, stood out to you at all? We've talked about a lot of good ones here between the Black Widow stuff. The Moon Knight stuff was real big with the grief. Um, One thing we haven't really touched on too terribly much. I wasn't in love with the She-Hulk show, but I think it did a good job of just showing a regular ass person that's also a Hulk that was just getting shit on over and over. You know, she got fired or these guys only wanted a banger when she was green. Um, she has a cousin named Chet shit like that. So at the one point near the end of the, the show, she was like just laying in her bed, just like Nas said earlier, you just get depressed and you don't leave your fucking house. And she was just like, ah, and then somebody was bugging the shit out of her. Oh, she went back to her parents' house. That's what it was. And her mom was bugging the shit out of her. So that's when she went to the retreat to go see um, fucking Blonsky. Yeah. So that was something that in a show where they didn't really do a lot of grief stuff, it was leading up to this real life ass depression. You know, you don't see people go on depressions and start butchering gods or trying to decapitate a flag smasher with a shield. You don't see that. What you see is when, when you can't get a date on fucking Tinder and you lose your job and all of a sudden you're, you're in your bed TV. You, you don't even turn the damn TV on. You're just numb to the world. That was something that kind of got me, which I, um, one of my biggest things with She-Hulk was like, why don't any of these guys want to bang Tatiana Maslany? It's pretty weird. It's pretty weird to me, but alas, that's not why we're here. I'm not going to comment on that part. 
Uh, you should. <laughs> no, no. As a counselor, I have to like maintain something there. Um, but <laughs> okay, whatever, motherfucker. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm real professional here. Uh, everything else, I'll talk shit about. Uh, Louis, can, I can't believe Devin didn't give you no hurrah or huzzah. Like that was like the most profound thing that is uh, he said today, and that was like really good. I'm joking, but I'm also being like super serious. If folks want to relate to a character. That is a character that is legitimately showing depression very accurately. And I'm not going to lie. Who else? Who doesn't when shit hits the fan and chaos is coming and we're back into a corner? As long as we had a healthy relationship with one of our parents, you're usually going to call your mom or your pops. Um, if they're alive, if you had a healthy relationship, you know, you're going to go to them. Uh, I just appreciate that we bring that up because it's hella accurate. You know, it's something cool too. Like, you know, sometimes we get these, uh, especially in Disney stuff, right? You know, one story, well, the stories always involve like one parent or both parents dying or something tragic, right? In the family perspective, like evil stepmom or like abusive parents. Like there's always that part of like that kind of goes into, we've seen in the MCU and like superhero genre in general. But one thing that I thought was pretty refreshing and you just kind of touched on it, Nas, was having like a healthy relationship with one or both parents. Um, we got to see that in She-Hulk. And we also got to see that in Miss Marvel, which I thought was really cool. Like some of my yeah. favorite characters were like the supporting the family, like seeing for once, like, you know, this, this teenage girl, right. And Miss Marvel becomes a superhero out of nowhere. She's trying to hide it. And eventually when she opens up, her parents are like, yeah, we already knew whole family knew. And then her dad is telling her on the rooftop and it can be a little cheesy depending on how you look at, but explain like, that was an name. awesome scene on the rooftop. Yeah. Like it was good. And it's great to see like something refreshing, like, Hey, you know what? You have a lot of power responsibility and this, you're, you're changing. Maybe a little metaphor for puberty too at that age too, right? Maybe, I don't know. But it was cool to see you have someone who may not get it, may not be able to relate to it, but they're there to help you through it because they love you no matter what. I mean, still one of the tragic moments. And they talk about this for grief. First episode of Miss Marvel, trying to go to Avengers Con. And uh, she had a whole trouble of trying to like, you know, get the parents to let her go and all that. Whatever, fine. But then like, hey, we'll let you go. A little curfew and stuff like that. And you have to have your dad take you. And then he comes in all painted green like the Hulk, right? And she's like, no. What? What? Devastated. Dad, his dad was, or her dad was so sad. I felt sad. That like, was, that was trying tough. to relate. Yeah. And so little moments like that, I really appreciated. I'm glad you brought that. That was a good scene. I, I enjoyed that. That last scene was good. Uh, we always want people that love us to gas us up and tell us that we're good, that we're enough. And when we don't hear it for a long period of time, or when people always tell us, the world always tells you everyone that we suck. I'm not good enough. I'm not rich enough. I'm not smart enough. My podcast isn't getting enough numbers, whatever it is, right? We're ugly. We're too, too fat. We're not Gilgamesh enough, right? Just, whatever it is. Uh, I think it's just awesome to get affirming. And it's awesome to see a dad of color doing it. There's a lot of stereotypes out there for dads of color. And so I think that was cool to see too. Good point. Good point. And, before we transition to uh, one of the last pieces of discussion here too, um, one moment I did forget, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, my favorite part of the whole show was a lot about the addressing like years of history and like trying to like live up to a mantle and all that. Um, but with all the stuff with uh, Isaiah Bradley, that one moment when uh, Sam brings him to the, I think it's a Smithsonian at the very final episode and he shows him like, hey, and like, Bolts and strings, right? Gets to see this the statue, the commemoration of like Isaiah Bradley's sacrifice and everything. And like that moment of respect, I forget the actor's name, 
But when he just does that slow walk and kind of that like stiff chin a little bit and goes in for that hug, but like very stoic, he's fighting back emotions, but goddamn, do I feel it every time. Like it gives me goosebumps whenever I watch that scene. It's so powerful and so good. And like, you know, for a different demographic, that means a lot more than it does to me. You know, I'm saying that just as a white guy. Like it, I find that very, very powerful. And so like that stuff, I love. That's good to see. And, you know, I think it's appropriate for us to see it too. Cause like at the end of the day, like, yeah, adults love this. It's kind of with the Star Wars of it all. You know, it's, it's meant for kids at the end of the day. It is for that. So like having kids uh, seeing this as they grow up and learning about this, like, you know, themes of racism and yada, yada. And I'll like stuff that's kind of hard to understand, but when you see it through like the people you look up to, which are these heroes and actors, it kind of helps it maybe hopefully make our generation a little bit more, um, promising to be better people a little bit better character and sometimes being a hero and stuff so that's what i wanted to point it out um before i go into talking about grief trauma tragedy is it necessary to be a hero or does it create a villain kind of an interesting thing uh maybe not a lot of people talk about so kind of want to open that up because we definitely saw even referenced by uh miss scarlet witch herself multiverse of madness give a good proposition to Dr. Stephen Strange. So kind of open it up. Um, Naz, I know you had some really good thoughts on this and you've been kind of uh, having some thoughts stir about this. So I'm kind of curious, uh, what do you think about this, this kind of concept? I think some of my favorite villains uh, or antagonists have been through deep traumas. So my favorite person, human, uh, is... Uh, Magneto. I like his story arcs and how they did it in some of the newer movies uh, and how he has this world and it's stripped from him in Auschwitz. Tons of grief, tons of terror, tons of horror. Then later on, right, they build it up to where now he's got this life and he's got a family and he's got kids. He's living by himself, doing his own thing. He's not a hero. He's a normal dude working. And then death always follows him and they, they shoot and they kill his kid and his partner. And then becomes the rage. Uh, or you just keep losing things. He's always been one of my favorite characters. Um, I feel like that's one of the, the precedences for antagonists. Is they're usually shamed or belittled or bullied. Something goes on where they then put on this suit of anger and hostility and volatility. And they try to take over or control things. Loki, it's the same type of thing, too. You could say he's just genetically mischief, but there's a lot of different things that are going on with his dad, family dynamics, being the younger brother. It's a lot of stuff. Uh, I think it's a key foundation in a lot of villains, uh, where if you keep peeling back the layers, you see maybe this possible anti-hero after they heal. Uh, it's, it's a vibe. Uh, in saying that, I wish that in the MCU... I wish that Venom, me and Spencer have talked about this many times, was more evil because I wanted him to like kill more people. Uh, and he went too nice to being the good guy, even though I love him being a good guy. But it's whatever. Grief is usually at the core foundation. I wanted to see much more of that stuff. Uh, but I'm going to hold back now and let y'all chop it up. I think it's a core foundation. How about uh, you, Spencer? What are you thinking? Um. Yeah, I have to agree. I think that um, I think once you all these different characters, they gain powers. Um, that means you lose something. 
um, whether it's going to be uh, whether it's going to be loved ones with death or if it's going to be like your free time overall, like you see with Peter Parker, he has no life at all. Um, really? I mean, he tries to, but at the end of the day, he always tries to, um, he always has to be Spider-Man more than he is Peter Parker. Right. Um, and I just think that no matter if you're a hero or a villain, it always makes your story a lot more, I would say dramatic once you have somebody, once you have that grief, once you have loss, look at Peter Quill lost his mom. Then he goes running and he gets captured by aliens. Right. So, and then that creates his whole story. Um, you, you see it with everybody that you have loss at some point and then that pushes you to a whole other level. Um, and that's what makes them superheroes, right? Is that, they don't just, you know, just curl up in a ball. They keep on going because they feel like they have to make this person proud or they have to, you know, um, make sure that they are honored in some type of way. So I think that, um, yeah, I think grief is necessary in any type of um, comic book or Marvel character overall. How about you, Louis? I feel like nobody's going to watch anything where they're they're not relatable you have to be able to relate at some point and i just feel like a character that is always happy and has never been sad before and is just super duper thing it just it wouldn't be interesting to watch even superman who is like the the obviously he's not marvel but he's got a whole fucked up backstory where his parents shipped him off to earth to be raised by farmers or whatever the fuck happened. I don't know. I didn't watch it. Um, and then, you know, he, he watches his, his farmer dad die and whatever the hell. So it just, it's, it's necessary in a relatable standpoint. I honestly, you can't name a character that doesn't have some sort of grief or or bad thing that's happened to them that uh, people would even care about. The I was trying to think about when uh, when Nas was talking, I was trying to think about a character who maybe doesn't show a lot of grief but is still evil, and um, the 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 one that I came up with off the top of my head was like Obadiah Stain, where his thing wasn't really about sadness and grief. He was more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like jealousy. And he wants the whole thing. And he thinks Tony's going to fuck everything up. And he wants to be the guy from Iron Man one when villains were less good, you know, wait a minute. Iron Man one, Obadiah, Mr. The rich white guy, right? He's a bald, bearded dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave. That guy. That was actually pretty good. That was really with a box of scraps. That's a very good Obadiah Stane impression. (laughs) Yes. Uh, I would. I don't know. We would have to dig in, Louis, though, to what is his backstory and why is grief and money and power so important to him. There's there has to be some type of hierarchy. Is it just greed? Humans aren't. Less than 1% of the population, it's actually less than 1%, way less, that is just completely antisocial and they care about no one. They're, they're, 
that qualifies a sociopath. So unless he's a sociopath, those greed and things and like that and power they come from somewhere. Does it come from insecurity because of something in childhood? I, I don't know. I don't know the character like that. It's just something that I thought of. Exactly. That's exactly what I was trying to get behind. He's got motives, but they don't really express them to us. Correct. So when you talk about the early Marvel villains, the early MCU villains, you're like, who gives a shit about any of these fucking people? Personally, I love Obadiah Stane, but that's just because he's a fucking a white guy on a Segway with a cigar yelling about Tony Stark was able to build this in a cave. So, but I don't love him on like a, on like a emotion, like I don't feel emotionally attached to him by any stretch of the imagination. No. You don't feel daddy issues from him. Or, you know, they, they try to build up other villains like Ivan Vanko with, the, with his dad. Uh, who fucking cares? The Iron Man movies are so bad. Anyway, they do all that, but then you get into like the phase three stuff and, and you got uh, like Killmonger and Thanos and Hela and people like that. I guess Dormammu doesn't really have a, an emotional thing going on. You don't know his Is life story, bro. I, you don't know his big entity yeah. life. You don't know it. <laughs> You know, he got big energy life. And I, I wanted to say a different word, but I didn't want to say it. Got he got big, big something energy. An enemy. Yeah. <laughs> big dick and enemy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> and enemy. Yeah. Um, entity. That was the word. I just, you have to have some sort of thing going for you to make, like, people are sad. If you want me to relate to you, be sad. That's, about the best to dumb it down the best that I can. If you want me to feel a wave for you, you got to be a little bit sad or talk about your insecurities or something like that. You know, I think you bring up a good point about that too. Cause like, as I think about the villains, right. One of the best villains is probably um, our antagonist. Maybe. And he, I don't know. I'm kind of curious how you guys weigh on, on this. Uh, Cause we got more of his character in the Falcon and the soldier, but Baron Zemo himself, because his whole job was, I don't care about all this stuff. You killed my family. I just want to break up and destroy the Avengers. I want to do what other villains have not been able to. And he did succeed at the end of the day. He did, um, which is what happened in the beginning of Infinity War with everyone being separated. Um, but like, is he evil or is it because the result of it, he just wanted vengeance. He got what he wanted. And then, you know, he was going to off himself. But, you know, T'Challa says one of the best things like, you know, like vengeance has consumed them, but it will not consume me anymore or whatever he says when Baron is about to, you know, shoot himself and he stops the bullet and it's like, fuck, that's badass. Um, but we see more of him being like a little bit on the kind of walking the, the fine line a little bit. We're working with the good guys. Kind of, I don't know. We see him pumping at the club. So, you know, he could be a fun guy. Um, but he still has this deep, deep hate and resentment and like, uh, an agenda to just kill and destroy and just obliterate Anything to do with super soldier serum, whether it's a person or the the serum itself or anything that has to do with it, he will destroy it. Is he evil? Or like, you know, it's what caused it. Um, so I just, I think he's a very interesting character where you could just keep breaking that onion down layer by layer until he gets to the root of, you know, who is Zemo and everything. Those are the best villains though, right? They're the ones that you're kind of like conflicted by. You're like, I got a point, but they're still bad. Right. Like we talk about Thanos, obviously. Um, but yeah, with Zemo, 
you have to think that, yes, he's a bad guy because he's just trying to manipulate everybody into getting what he wants. That's not necessarily a good trait to have, um, especially when you want to be a hero, right? Or anything like that. Um, but um, I just think, yes, at the end of the day, I think he's a villain. Um, but yet he's had so much loss. I mean, once you lose your whole family, he's just, what else can I do? Except for have this one goal of making sure that the super serum doesn't get into anybody, anybody else. I would also like to bring up, I'm on uh, record saying that the most evil villain in all of the MCU is Norman Osborn, the Green Goblin. Um, there's a whole lot going on with him, I will say, but Nas was saying, Nas was saying that less than a you know, way less than 1% of people are, are sociopath. And when he's Norman Osborn or whatever, he's like this guy who cares about Peter. He cares about, if you've seen the first Spider-Man movies, you wouldn't know that from far from, or uh, no way home. But he cares about Harry and he cares about Peter and MJ and all those other fucking people. And when he like gets that green gas and he becomes the fucking, the green goblin, Mind goblin, he's nuts. <laughs> he, just, he he doesn't. He's another one where you don't really have like a sense of of connection with him through grief or anything else. He's just just chaos incarnate. I guess would be a weird fucking nerdy way to say it. He's just there to cause fucking chaos, and I feel like that's not a very relatable character. Would you say the same for like Doctor Doom and the old Fantastic Four movies? Did anybody watch those movies? Because he's just a rich white dude trying to get trying to get powers. Like that's literally all he is in the movie. There's no good backstory. Are we all? There is a one thing I like about Doctor Doom, which also uh, before I get into that though, Louis, you brought up Superman, right? I think one of the most beautiful things about Superman is that he has all this power where he can hear everyone and everything going on in the world. But his flaw is that he can't save everyone. So he hears people dying that he can't save. He hears all that stuff that, like, he, I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you can't shut it off, right? You know, it's, you know, and and after a while, I'm sure you kind of get numb to it because you have to. Same with people who had to put down animals to have to do everything that involves, like, the sad things in life. That's not everyone signing up to do, right? So it's, 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 it's kind of what makes him super because how do you still be super with that um but going to um who are we talking about was it dr doom dr doom yes it's you know part of the one he's a really cool character and i'm really curious to see how he's executed um or like actually applied in the mcu um because like one of the coolest things is like he's generally a very handsome handsome guy and so i think there's one comic run where he got the tiniest little blemish on his face but to him, that meant he was the ugliest, most just putrid, disgusting person on the planet. And he hides behind that mask. And so it's kind of interesting. You know, it's like literally a mask. We hide behind it. But you might think like, oh, you're hideous. You're terrible. You're deformed, everything. But nah, dude, you have just a little pimple. And it's even just leftover, you know, pepperoni from your pizza or something. that just n- never left your cheek. It's, it's just kind of interesting. So I think it'd be kind of cool if they almost did something like that in the MCU. 
can't wait for them to actually flesh out him because he's such a big role, yeah. especially in Super a lot of strings Wars, of the ball. Correct. Yeah. Killian Murphy. That's my vote. Hen- or Henry Cavill. Yeah. He's free now. That'd be cool. Any final characters before we kind of cap off this discussion on grief in phase four? Gilgamesh. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hero or villain? You should just have like a replay of him dying on your show every time oh you say his name. If you actually could, I'm I'm begging you all to get that scene, put it on a reel, tag us in it, and then yes, and then I'll do one of me just crying to it. <laughs> hey guys, we're gonna do a reaction video first time watching. It's a mystery clip. My friend yes. said I'm yep. gonna love it. Yep. <laughs> oh man, Good old Gilgamesh. Uh. <laughs> I feel like I had like five things to say throughout this. And then I just get my ADHD gets knocked into a different realm. I'm like, holy shit, that's a really good point. And then I'm like, what was I just going to say? Same. It was when Louie was talking. How would this, uh, we ask a little fun question for you. So if you had to pick one character who definitely needed therapy the most that you were to sit down and actually have a session with, who do you think would be your choice? Well, I think we know the obvious one. Yeah, who needs therapy? They they all fucking need. Everybody needs therapy. Every person needs therapy. Everyone can benefit from therapy. I thank you, Louis, for saying. Louis is my dog today. Uh, that being said, from the from the MCU, it's uh, Thor. Thor needs therapy the most. Thor. Yeah, yeah. Phase yeah. four. Yep. Oh man, that's a good one. We actually made a lot of jokes about this on the pod where. Like, bro, you didn't need to go lift all them damn weights. Every yeah. time dudes get depressed or they get broken up with, they think they need to lift weights. Like, that's going to cure your depression, getting some some pecs. All right. That's my rant. He went from uh, dad bod to god bod. Yeah. For one, that's not going to happen, but whatever. <laughs> one can drink. No, I'm not saying with you. I'm not saying. I'm just damn, saying with son. dudes in general. He's going for the prop. Yeah. Oh, oh that's pretty is. cool. The goats. Just it was them. the goats. <laughs> yeah, those, that's my vote. Uh, the goats need therapy. Those um, fucking goats. <laughs> thanks, Tyke. Fell off the boat and, and died again. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Spencer? Uh, who would you recommend? Uh, definitely Wanda. Mm-hmm. Um, just so much, so much grief in such a short time, too. Yep. Um, that I just think that instead of just trying to you know make her children live again it's like just go to therapy and you know try to work on yourself more um and maybe some good things would have happened to her but yeah and she, honestly she's actually one of my favorite uh characters in marvel she's i i love what elizabeth olsen does with the character and uh hope they bring her back they gotta they have to right Ooh, you know, so she's she's dead as fuck, <laughs> just like Gilgamesh. Only one can come right. back. Right. Um, I want to say it's gonna be Gilgamesh. <laughs> there can only be one. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, my it's kind of obvious, and I kind of feel like I need to come up with a second one, but I definitely want to say Peter Parker needs it because Jesus. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, it's I I can kind of relate to him a little bit because. So when I'm really anxious and like I get the most like insecure and nervous when it's uncertainties that I have to deal with, like, oh my God, what's going to happen if I don't get this done? Right. Or I have this problem, like our ceiling is leaking. 
I need to figure out all this and this and this and this and I'm frantic and then I'm doing stuff and I'm jumping the gun and I'm making it worse. You know, it's it's not easy. And sometimes that's a little, I mean, that's literally what happened in No Way Home, right? They have all his issues. His identity gets like revealed. He now can't get his friends and himself into MIT. So he tries to go to a wizard to literally erase the entire world memory of yada, yada, yada. And then that spirals. And then he's trying to like, oh, I can fix this. I can fix this. And then ultimately, he pays the ultimate price, right? I mean, that's the story of Spider-Man. Um, so I think it really would help him if he were able to talk stuff out. But sometimes it's yes. like, he's too, just too jittery and just acting on his uh, Spidey sense a little too much. And then, you know, not seeing the force for the yeah, trees. Yeah, let's be real. Spidey sense in real life is mm. panic disorder. I mean, it's things, generalized anxiety. That's what he has. Mm. Um I mean, it's tingling, and that's you manifesting all these different thoughts and realities where you think something's going to get you. It's a small version of paranoia, which is panic disorder. Um, Interesting. I think all the Spider-Man need therapy. Uh, backtracking, memories. Uh, Spider-Verse, into the Spider-Verse. Dude was depressed as hell. He needed therapy. Um, right? I mean, he's just drinking beer, eating pizza, and then he falls into this new world where he has to care for people. It, therapy. Uh I'm going to go a different direction. I think the funnest person to do therapy with, because I am a sick individual, uh, would be Dr. Strange. I would love to get inside mm. his mind. Uh, his mind would be fantastic. To see how it thinks and works, how he systematically approaches things, visualizes emotions, all the different realities, him playing games with me and my thoughts, me playing games with his and him thoughts. It, it's, it would be a fun ride. I have clients like that, uh, where it's, it's, it's a ride and my head kind of hurts afterwards. Um, I've had some clients that are uh, antisocial sociopathic tendencies. Those are interesting. Long as I'm not in fear that they're going to hurt anyone else. Um, those are interesting because they're playing a game and it's all a con. They're usually only in therapy because they've been mandated. Uh, I feel like Doctor Strange would be a fun ride. Mm. And also because the deep grief that he had and what if and then all the other shows. And, but now he's like healthier, but still there's a lot of stuff there that he needs to process. Um, yeah. That would be my pick for the funnest. I feel like all of your picks are perfect. Uh, Thanks. I, I, I couldn't, I, I would like to do therapy with all of them. And in saying that, I wouldn't want to be any of their issues because they all just have too much trauma. It's just too much. Mm-hmm. It's too much. You know, and I'm kind of curious too, just like, uh, I think the only time we actually really saw therapy done in the MCU was in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier with uh, Bucky and his, you know, mandated, I think, military-based therapist. We saw a version of it in She-Hulk when she's doing group therapy with Abomination. Right. Yep. Yep. Uh, Oh, I wanted to bring something up about you, uh, Devin. So folks that are ADHD, because you said it, so I mm -hmm. feel like it's okay if I say it. Um, Folks that have ADHD will also manifest more thoughts. And what we know about human and psychology is we manifest mostly negative thoughts. Mm -hmm. So you take ADHD that needs constant stimuli in the prefrontal cortex, and you're like bored and chilling. Your brain's like, ah, we need stimuli. Let's think about all the horrible shit that could happen or like this stupid thing I did in 2007 that I completely regret, and now I just feel gross. ADHD can affect the way you think about the entire world. And because humans are programmed on fear, because fear protects us, that could be really hard for folks like you, Devin, and folks like me. Welcome to my Friday nights. Oh, yeah. No, We're never no, bored. That's true, though. Yeah. 
whenever bored, it's like my students that are scared to be alone. I say, oh, you're you're alone, huh? You feel lonely? I said, put out a fucking scary movie at 2 a.m. You won't be lonely anymore. <laughs> that's that's cool. That's funny. And I think that's why uh, sometimes, like, I'm sure you can probably relate. You always keep yourself busy. Like, I'm in a band. Oh, yeah. Do a podcast. Working. Get my master's. Doing a lot of stuff. Oh, look at you. Can't slow down, man. Can't slow down. And even if I'm not slowing down, I'm fucking sitting and thinking about all my clients at 2 a.m. wondering, like, how can I get them better? Or you're thinking about, like, I feel like I'm guilty because I'm just wanting to sit down and watch TV, but I know I should probably should be doing this other thing and this other thing and this other thing. That was my undergrad. Oh, yeah. That's a vibe. It's a, it's a vibe. You know what also is a vibe? Gilgamesh. But he ain't vibing. Remember when he died? <laughs> I'm sorry. You remember when he was killed a mesh? I feel like hurt. Let's talk about this. Hurt people hurt others. Oh, yeah. Um, is that right? Well, Gilgamesh got hurt real bad, didn't he? So let's let's talk about the pain that you men have and let's just let's express your feelings. Oh my I god. I did not talk like this in therapy. Thank God. Oh my god. <laughs> For real. If your favorite character is Gilgamesh, please don't destroy our reviews and everything on every however you're listening to this. Oh, there's a new poll. He is. There's a new poll on Earth eight nine four Instagram. It's going to be old by the time the the podcast comes Five out. Goes. But it's who would you Look rather bring back to life, is. Gilgamesh or, or Wanda? And I I have he a feeling Gilgamesh is going to get one vote. <laughs> I think he gets eaten, so there's not a lifeless body to show. Damn. See, wow. see, he got eaten. Showed me, Nas. You showed me. I think that was, I had that one thing on ADHD and then anxiety. Yep. Uh, there was something about Peter Parker. Oh, here it is. I have to say this because this is bullshit. And like no one really noticed this because they don't work with students like I do that are engineers and work in STEM and folks that have been in MIT and out of MIT that now go to Purdue University. The fact that they don't neurodivergent code some of these characters and they present them as all neurotypical is BS. I agree. There's no way that all three of them were going to MIT and their STEM field, and they're that smart, they are going to be neurodivergent. So there's going to be quirks or different manifestations of it. Like, right, I'm neurodivergent, socially pretty well and adapted. I'm a therapist, good with emotions. The fact that they, they don't express them as neurodivergent is, is a gripe with me. Uh, there's no way. There's no way. Like, Nas, how do you know this? Because I work at Purdue, it's a strictly STEM school. A lot of folks that don't get into MIT, they're going to our school. It's one of the top engineering schools in the world, uh, let alone the nation. They're going to be neurodivergent. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, that was my last thing. I'm done. Interesting. Bastards. You said you were done. How dare you. You just came back to hurt me. Damn you, Sony. All good. You know, I think that's a, you know, I also think that's a good way to end this episode. Um, just because like, there's a lot that we could still talk about, right? I mean, you could just go on this, which is, I think is a good thing because it opens up more opportunity for discussion outside of this episode. Um, so if you're listening and you want to kind of chime in and let us know, get some feedback, uh, please contact us, you know, Instagram, DMs, all that fun stuff, or just our email, earthin 94 podcast at gmail.com. Uh, but also don't stop there. Talk to the real people who actually know what they're talking about, like Nas and Spencer here. Uh, hit up the different spectrums podcast and get some feedback. If you guys are open to it, I don't want to speak on yeah. your behalf and be like, Hey, don't, don't be blowing up our fucking inbox. <laughs> I already did. <laughs> I don't get paid for that one. Um, I just want to say though, before I'm not a therapist, so <laughs> <laughs> believe it or not, I 
No, I'm not. So. He's a support Hit person. Spencer he... for <laughs> therapy on the low. Yes. Yeah. Jesus yeah. Christ. Spencer's like a support dog. He's just there for emotional support. You know. Hey, you know what? If you need me to listen, I'm there. I'll go get a treat if you give it to me. All right. Yep. I'll do it. There you go. Well, it has been a treat having you guys on and really appreciate, you know, staying around and talking more about this. Um, on a fun note, before we sign off, let's just uh let's just get to know you guys a little tiny bit better. And a couple of simple questions. Because we talk so much about Marvel and about the trauma and all that. Who's actually your favorite character? <laughs> and I laugh because I think I might know Nazis. Um, but probably huh. not. Probably not. I'm it's kidding. not. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He said it. He said it. Yeah, but who is your favorite character? Doesn't have to be MCU. Just any Marvel character. Magneto. I'm, I'm honestly with uh, you, Devin. I'm Spider-Man all the way. Respect. Spider-Pick. Spider-Pick. That was beautiful. Wow. I don't know that was what that was impression that was. It was a good impression. It was just a fat guy doing it, Spider Pig. <laughs> that was beautiful. I love that. That's clipped. Oh, I almost passed out. Get this guy an amlodipine stat. So it was. Oh hey, yo. Jeez. <laughs> Uh, so is Spider Pig your favorite character? <laughs> no, it's Spider Pig. Spider Pig. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. I'm sorry. I stole Spencer's wind. The antagonist. I don't know, man. It's just it's just tough because I, I tend to enjoy them a lot. Um, mm-hmm. Thanos is up there. Uh, but like I said, Magneto is extremely up there. Uh, but I think Venom would be the take all. Yeah, so the goal before the pandemic was to get a really cool Venom tattoo. Um, that was going to be my treat for getting down to 300 pounds, and then the pandemic hit, and then I gained like 40 pounds. Uh, so that's been a trip. Um, but the goal is to get it sleeved on me, uh, Venom, and then have the genie from Aladdin uh, intertwined with the darkness and then the blue. Um, so it's going to be the some of my favorite characters. Will Smith cool. or... What'd you say? Will Smith or? No, no, no. Which, which one are you be, doing? It won't be know. him. Well, if I want to slap anyone. No, the Will Smith genie. Is that what you're doing? No. Yeah. No? Oh, yeah, fine. Oh, doing Robin. You, obviously, I love Robin. Who doesn't love Robin? He's not hated by anyone. Awesome. That, that's cool. That's really cool, actually. Um, so, outside of the characters, what is your favorite movie? Wait a minute. What's Louie's favorite character? And your favorite character? Louis, I like Captain America. That's our our logo. Is is me as a much thinner, better looking man, Captain America. And if it's not him, it's Thor. I love Thor. And I'm nice. Spider Man. Yeah. Okay. 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 Thank you for asking. What was the other question? It's a favorite movie. Uh, Spencer, you go, man. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> it's like I would, don't say turtles. Don't say turtles. I want to say if turtles. You, I swear to God. Um... <laughs> he's going to uh for me that's a oh that's such a tough one because i absolutely just i love uh captain america and the winter soldier um, Same. i thought that movie just it the tone of it and everything was just amazing um and the fact that you know just having bucky back as the winter soldier so great but then i also loved um 
actually really loved Age of Ultron. Honestly, mm. that was um, I love uh, James Spader as Ultron. And then we got to see uh, Quicksilver for a moment. And um, yeah, there was just so much. And then that built up to um, Civil War and things like that. So nice. So, I mean, it, it gets kind of replaced here and there. So that last Spider-Man that that's it's tough for me to beat that one out. Uh, but before that, for a long standing, long, long, long standing with Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, I think I'm uh, still going to go with two. Yeah, funny characters. Um, the loss, there's just so many emotions. There's Groot's in there doing his thing. Uh, that, that's that been one of my staples. Uh, the soundtrack, I enjoyed it as well. There you go. That's got to be in there. And then I would say, uh, and then I would say it's the last Spider-Man that's right there. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Guardians too. That that's that was one of my favorites ever. So many different things. Nice, Louis. What is your favorite? Oh, the Eternals. I really love the scene where Gilgamesh gets fucking eaten alive. <laughs> um, no, my favorite, my favorite Marvel movie is uh, Thor Ragnarok. Oh fuck, that was the other one that was up there. Yeah, yeah, solid one. Yeah, that was a good, good one. one. Yep, super good. I uh I'm in the same boat, man. I love Spider Man, but Winter Soldier, that movie, I will never not watch the entire thing. If it's on, I will sit down, stop what I'm doing. Love that movie. And uh Henry Jackman's score in that mm, gets me so pumped. So pumped. Um and then No Way Home is my number two and then kind of goes down the list. But I like to hear that, you know, Guardians two, because honestly, I'm in the boat where I think Guardians two is better than Guardians One. Oh, I thought that was like a consensus that Guardians two was better than Guardians One. You know, a people lot of people actually like it as much. Yeah, some people really don't even like Guardians two at all. They almost put oh, on the I same boat as Thor two. Yeah, I like I like Guardians two, but it is not better than Guardians one. Guardian one had so much emotion with his mom, and just when he had the stone in his hand at the end, and the dancing, it, so much Burrito. and Groot. Yeah, true. I just thought Guardians of the Galaxy. Ragnarok is up there. I forgot about that one. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I might have, I might have fucked that one up there. But no, Guardians was my thing for a long, long, long time. Awesome groups. This has been uh, a very therapeutic discussion, if I might say it. Yeah, I passed out twice. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even have to cut. It's all live footage. Um, yeah, it was just what the doctor ordered. Maybe it was that guy was a little strange. So I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt. Um, but uh, for real, thank you guys so much for being on this episode. It's been a blast. You guys are welcome. Anytime you want to come back, we promise we won't go as hard on the Gilgamesh uh, destruction. But <laughs> how often? Ned is fat and brown. He's still alive. <laughs> you can be a fan of Ned. Fuck is Ned. Exactly. Ned is Spider-Man's friend. Ned. Oh, there we go. Guy in a chair. no idea. He just <laughs> and he's bald in real life. Isn't he supposed he's to basically you? He's supposed to get superpowers too, isn't he? He, Maybe. he could be the hobgoblin. That's what I thought. He can make portals. Yeah. <gasps> Where can the good folks uh, find you guys? Listen to the pod, all that good stuff. Uh, you can find us on all social media platforms. And then we also have a, a link tree connected to our Instagram. So if you want to hit us up at, at different underscore spectrums, you'll find us there. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. Follow us. 
Appreciate it. The, we're doing a hard push. We're trying to get to 8,000 followers on Instagram. We're trying to get to 200 on YouTube. Um, that, that's the goal that we're doing right now. We're trying to do that hard push. Uh, we will release three pods a week coming in January because I'm getting busy, but also we're getting a little bit better with the quality. Uh, so much appreciated. Much love to all the followers that we have. I'm going to give a shout out to y'all, man, because y'all been with us kind of since day one. Like, I don't know how Thanks, you got recommended to us, but y'all been down with us since day one. Yeah, it's and really I appreciate cool. the likes and follows and like you watching this stuff. I just appreciate y'all. Um, that's why we wanted to do this pod. We got some other ones kind of lined up with some other nerdy therapists, um, but it was pretty cool to do it with y'all first. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. Yep. Has this been your first time guesting on a different pod? Yes. Hey, we're keeping up the streak. I think we've done this. Nobody uh, else wants us. Two times. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to say I might be a little biased here, but sometimes Louie and I have invited other shows and other pod hosts on our show and then next thing you know we see them guessing here then guessing there then guessing there you know just just remember the small guys when you know you reach those those goals you just rattled off right you know oh shit i just like talking to y'all in general so we're gonna do this again <laughs> heck yeah man honestly it's it's been a blast and you know it's for real it is really cool to be like hey you're doing something really cool that i don't see other people doing oh, i'm gonna follow these guys and then you know get to be friends and you get to talk and you know you have nights like this um oh no so it's really we're cool do it again Heck yeah, heck yeah. I had something else cool to say about y'all, and then I forgot. You know, it's okay. But uh, anytime you want to let us know, just feel free. Don't mind the, the compliments at all. Le- we're okay. Leos, so we like it. Oh, that's their space people stuff. Yep. That's why we're called Earth 894, because Louie and I are born August of 94, days apart. I love space people. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love yeah. how, it, like, you're the, 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 even, I don't know. He's like me, kind of weird, and then you're kind of like Spence. I feel like this, this some, some similarities, multiverses going on here. Oh yeah, there's it. Every good team is is like the color commentator and the, the Devin. I don't know what's the what's the the play by commentator, play by play, play by play guy. Devin's our play by play guy. I'm the color commentator. Every good duo has that. I was going by size and weirdness. That's what I was going by. That was oh. my levels of quantifying. I'm sorry. I'm fat and weird. You are correct. You are correct in that. Yeah. And that's why I like you. <laughs> I like your face. Oh, you like me now. <laughs> You're just like Gilgamesh. Yeah. Well, it's not good now. Now it gets obsessive. You're going to need to get a restraining order, but we'll talk about that later. You're only, you're only one state away. Com- complete joke. I'm not like that. My clients know this. I'm not trying to scare away people from therapy. God damn it. <laughs> nah, I think, but I think, I think you may have uh, encouraged, you know, actually how about just why not? Is there any resources you'd recommend for people who, you know, after this episode, they're like, you know what? Maybe I should check it out. What would you, what would you point someone in the direction who has never had any sort of help? So glad you talked about this dude. Um, I appreciate this. Cause this might actually save a few people's lives at the end of this. Uh, if you've never had counseling before, um, they are real people. We have heart and emotions. We are funny. We are awkward. So please speak up. Uh, those of us of color that do not go to therapy, that do not talk about emotions, just please speak up. As we've seen in these suicides that have been happening in the media uh, recently, uh, and of course, some of our beloved power, our beloved Power Ranger that died, you know, people, we need to talk. We need to talk. If you are suicidal, uh, you don't even have to remember the number anymore. You just text 988 or you call 988. That's a suicide hotline number. It has been shortened. It'll send you to the call center that's nearest to your cell phone's uh, area code. 
So please use that resource. Um, if you're looking for therapy, please look for it in your communities. If, if you want to go to a clinic or let's say you, you don't got a good insurance, go look for clinics in the community. Most therapists will work with you. If you're on state insurance like Medicaid, there will be certain places that you can go that will take you. There might be waiting lists. Get on the waiting list. If you actually have uh, insurance that's pretty good, then you can see a private counselor. Go to the website Psychology Today. You'll be able to find all the private counselors in the state that you live in and you meet via telehealth. I also work for a company called BetterHelp. I am a full-time counselor at Purdue University. That's mainly what I work with, uh, folks that are neurodivergent, students of color. But on BetterHelp, Talkspace, those are great websites to use that are telehealth throughout the whole nation. Um, if you have the money, please speak up. Uh, do not allow yourself to just die alone um, in, in your bed. Uh, there's no reason. There are people that are out there that will support you and that will help you. There's podcasts like this that are super cool that are help you feel like a little bit less nerdy and a little bit more like normalized. Um, but reach out. Follow some inspirational, some not just inspirational, follow some therapists on Instagram and TikTok. Try to find some good stuff to pay attention to. Work on your journaling, working on your emotional regulation. Uh, if you want to work on emotional regulation, watch the Groot series. You can learn how to take a bubble bath. I know. I'm sorry, Spencer, but I'm just being for real. Um, and as Spence, me and talk about a lot on our podcast, find your supports, whether it's mentors, parents, professors, if it's your best friends, open up to them, start talking. Don't trauma dump, but start talking to people. Uh, there's a lot of depression, a lot of suicide out there these days. And there's a lot of people that want to help like me. Uh, please reach out. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate that. And I hope, uh, you know, if it only reaches one person, and that's one person that, you know, didn't have it before. I highly recommend it too. It is great. It's helped me a lot, even with on the personal side of being better task manager for my ADHD brain. Helped a lot because I got diagnosed when I was, you know, 26. So it made my life make sense. I thought I was just bad at learning. And I don't know how I got an engineering degree. Let me tell you, I can go on a whole nother episode about that experience. Ugh, you ever see Whiplash? That was my junior and senior year of college. Um, yeah. It's a lot of shame, a lot of shame uh, in ADHD. We got a pod coming up, uh, fan requested on the show Mom. Mm -hmm. And it's about mm -hmm. ADHD and her getting diagnosed. And it's like super sad. Uh, but there's some gifts with ADHD and hyperfocus. There's a lot of good things about it. Um, but I'm glad that you had me talk about this. Yeah. Thank you guys so much again. Um, so make sure to check out uh, different Spectrum podcasts and everything. Check out the show notes. Got some awesome, cool links. And, uh, not only ourselves, but we're looking forward to seeing what you guys got and uh, hopefully reach those 8,000 follower goals and all that fun stuff. You guys are killing it um, in the best way possible. So excited to have you on for today's episode. And uh, I promise I wasn't a Gilgamesh pun or anything like that after all the context and everything, but for real. Thank you guys so much. Kaku!